Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Father. In today's gospel, um, well, first of all, we are celebrating the feast of Christ the King. So today is a celebration of honoring Jesus, giving him glory as our true king. And so today we have Jesus in the gospels. He's asking the scribes and the Pharisees an important question. He says, what do you think of the Christ? Whose son is he? So he basically asks them a very simple question that he knows that they know the answer to. Whose son is the Messiah supposed to be? And he simply says, they simply say, the son of David. But then Jesus points something out to them, something that they never knew and never understood. He quotes from Psalm 110, he says, How is it that David, inspired by the Holy Spirit, calls his son my Lord? So I'm going to try to explain this. So if, if the Messiah is supposed to be the son of David, the descendant of David, how is King David calling his own son my Lord? So how could the son of David, his own son, be superior to his own father? So imagine if you were the king, and if you had a son, how could your son be your Lord? And so Jesus points this out to the scribes and Pharisees, and they're shocked, they're stunned. They have no idea how to answer Jesus. And they start re realizing that Jesus knows the word of God better than they do. And so they're silenced. So what does it mean? What is Jesus saying to them? The only way that the son of David could be his Lord is if he is divine. So basically Jesus is pointing to them to be the son of David and to be the Lord at the same time, which is impossible in their eyes, is to be divine. Because it says, God, it says, my Lord said to my Lord, let sit at my right hand till I put your enemies under my feet. So it's also revealing a great mystery that God is triune. Because it says, God said, Yahweh, which is a name for God, said to my Lord, Adonai, sit at my right hand till I place your enemies under my feet. So it's like God is speaking to God, and David is saying, this Messiah is my Lord. So he points this out to them, and they have no response. So he humbles the scribes and the Pharisees. He makes them humble. He humbles himself. He humbles them because they see Jesus as illegitimate, that he's no one. He never studied the law. And so Jesus is now humbling the scribes and the Pharisees. So what goes on next? So what happens next? Jesus gives the seven woes to the scribes and the Pharisees. The seven woes of like, stand back. I'm saying something very serious, a condemnation of the scribes and the Pharisees. So what's going on here? So just to point out something that's very confusing that sometimes people ask priests, they say, in today's scripture it says, call no man your father. So what does that mean? You know, before priests were ever called father, you know, at this time priests were never called usually father. So it's not really referring to us today, priests. But if we really think about what is Jesus trying to say? Don't call no man teacher, rabbi. Don't call anyone father. Don't call anyone master. So we have to think about what does Jesus mean by this? Because all of you, I'm assuming, you call your earthly father, you know, dad or father. So is Jesus saying call no man father? I mean, does anyone who has a dad not call his dad dad? I mean, would you ever call your dad by his first name? Especially being Chaldean, that would be insulting, right? If I called my dad Karim, 
my mom is going to throw the na'at at me, she's going to throw her slipper at me, because I will not call my dad by his first name, because that's not what Jesus means when he's saying this. So what does Jesus mean by call no man father? What he means is in the absolute sense of the word. No one replaces God the Father. Jesus Christ himself is the one true teacher. He's the one true master. And the scribes and the Pharisees were living like kings. They were not serving. They were living like, they were living to be served and not to serve. And so Jesus himself tells this to his own disciples, his own apostles. There was one point where Jesus was telling them, you know, they were literally arguing among themselves, who is the greatest? They're like, I'm the greatest. No, you're the greatest. And so Jesus' own disciples had serious pride. They were also being like the scribes and Pharisees. And so Jesus tells them, unless you become like a little child, none of you are going to go to heaven. And so Jesus has to do this with the scribes and Pharisees, where he's showing them, unless you are humble, you will never inherit the kingdom of God. And so it's important to all of us realize, sometimes to relate to it in our own life, let's say you become very accomplished. Let's say you become an engineer, you become a doctor, you become a professor, you become a priest, you become whatever. If you do it for the title itself, to be receive glory for yourself, and not for God, and not acknowledge that God has given you these gifts, that he gave you your abilities, he gave you the gift to get a degree, he gave you all these things, when we become some, a source of pride, it is very dangerous. Or another thing that I've noticed that if someone gets very, very rich, they tend to walk around to think like they're as if they're God on earth. And we're not. We are not. And so it's very important that as a priest myself, I have to reflect on this because I don't want Jesus to say to me, you know, Father Kevin, humble yourself. I have to be humble. Because people love to call me Abuna. And every morning I say, hello. You know, they try to greet me with a nice greeting, but I have to remind myself, you know, there is one Father. That is God. And I'm and to represent God the Father, but I'm not God. I'm a little worm that shuffles around here. So, and not to be pretend like we'd be humble, but we have to, we have to pray about humility. The next point that I want to make, just so that, you know, Thanksgiving is coming up, and another point I want to make is, Jesus recognizes in the scribes and the Pharisees that they're not living a life of charity. They rob widows, they're greedy, they love themselves, they live for themselves. And so it's very important that Jesus continuously in the scriptures, he tells us that he's going to judge us by our deeds. In the book of Revelation, he calls out the early churches, the very early Christian churches. He says, if you are not hot or cold, but if you are lukewarm, I will vomit you out. It's very hard to realize Jesus will ever say to us, you're just very lukewarm, you're not living a life of charity, and so I'm going to vomit you out. It's very hard to realize Jesus actually telling us, speaking to us in this way. But he also speaks to us in another way. He says, I will separate you, and from my left I will put the goats and the sheep on my left. And he says, those who fed me when I was hungry, those who clothed me when I was naked, those who visited me when I was in prison, they will be my sheep, and those who live for themselves, for their pride, for their own selfishness, they will be my goats on my left. So it's very important for us not to live like the scribes and Pharisees, because that's what Jesus is telling us. So, you know, Christmas, the Christmas season, the Thanksgiving season, is very important for Christians to remind themselves, what are we doing to help those who are in need? It is a very important time, and a lot of Christians do do that during Christmas, but just a good reminder 
to seek how can I help someone in need. And it doesn't always mean that every person according to what they have. If we're poor, that's okay. You can literally go to Dollar Tree and buy someone a hat for one dollar, you know, and that means a great deal to Jesus. But if you have a lot, Jesus expects a lot. Just like in the scriptures when Jesus saw an old widow and she only had two copper pennies in her purse and she gave it to the temple and Jesus said, look at this widow. She's poor, she has nothing, and she gave me everything she had. And then he looked at all the rich and he said, they give from their treasury, their bank accounts that are full, but this poor widow that you see who has nothing did more than you. And not that it was bad that they gave out of their treasury, but he's pointing out that it's not so much what you do, but, but by when it means, when it's, a, when it's a sacrifice, when something is done out of love, when something is done out of charity, it, it, when it means something. And so and that's going to look different for every single person. And that's why it's very important that we consistently give to the poor. One example I like to give, and I know I'm, hopefully my helmet's not too long. One other example I like to give is uh, when I worked at the dollar store before I became a priest. I love, I love dollar stores, by the way. I love shopping in dollar stores. They're my favorite thing. Like when I, have, when I feel like I need to go to stress relief, I just go to Dollar Tree next door. If you want to see me there, I go there all the time. Uh, but anyway, so, um, so one lady came into my dollar store, and she come every month. She's a very poor lady. And she lives on welfare. She has a bridge card. She lives on welfare. And she comes in every single month. And she's like, this is the money I have left over. She buys toothpaste. She buys soap. She buys toothbrushes. And she's like, this is what I have every month. And I try to um, give what I can to the poor. And every month she literally do this. And I'd just be shocked. Here's this lady who's poor, who can barely afford to pay her light bill. She lives on welfare. She comes in every single month into my store trying to think, how can I help the poor? And it just helped me to reflect every single, you know, all the time in a genuine way, I mean, on a monthly basis or whenever we can, we should be thinking, am I living at all to help those? If this poor lady who has no money is helping the poor every single month, and what should I be doing as a priest? How should I be living? And not just with my money, but with my time, with my prayers, with whatever way I can serve others. And so it's, just think about that this uh, Thanksgiving, what can I be doing? Should I be helping Help Iraq? You know, we have a good website, Help Iraq, to help the poor, you know, should be checking it consistently. Um, you think yourself, you know, I'm not here to tell you exactly what to do. Ask the Holy Spirit, because God is supposed to be directing what I should be doing and how I should be giving. It's not myself. And so pray this Christmas season, ask the Lord, how can I be charitable this, this Thanksgiving and this Christmas? Amen.